Welcome to our podcast from the Episcopal Diocese of Central Pennsylvania as we continue to explore the way of love, practices for a Jesus-centered life. I'm Audrey Scanlon. I'm the Bishop of the Diocese of Central Pennsylvania, and it's my privilege to interview people from around the diocese on how they're living into the way of love. So we remember that the seven practices of the way of love as they've been given to us are to turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. And so today we have two guests with us to talk about the practice of blessing, of being a blessing and receiving blessings. We have Kathy Rippian with us here today, and also Mary Grace Shearer. So welcome to both of you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, Mary Grace, we're going to start with some introductions, and I thought we'd invite you to tell us um, who you are and where you are. Well, I'm the administrator of the Episcopal Home in Shippensburg, which is a small licensed personal care home uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. As administrator, I am also licensed as the administrator. I come to the facility with an MSW from Temple and have a skill base uh, for the multiplicity of tasks that an administrator needs for a small facility. And you're also an Episcopalian? Yes, yes. And where do you worship? I worship at St. Andrew Episcopal Church, which is uh, in Shippensburg, which is physically connected to the Episcopal home by a cloister. That's great. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here. I, I'm glad to be here. And Kathy, tell us about a little bit about you. Well, I come from um, St. Andrews in the Valley Episcopal Church, and um, I have been a member there since about 2011. And I have been very involved in volunteer work there. And uh, when our newest rector, Father Nelson Valera came to us. He approached me about beginning a ministry for special needs adults. Mm -hmm. And so that is why I believe you asked me here today to speak about that and the blessing that it has been to our parish and myself. And um, I am the director of that ministry at St. Andrews in the Valley, and it is called Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers. For an obvious reason, right? Yes, because we're on a hill <laughs> right? in the valley. <laughs> That's great. I was um, reminded when I visited your church not too long ago that you are St. Andrews in the valley. Sometimes I shorten it to St. Andrews. But we have both a St. Andrews in the valley and a St. Andrews in the city, so we try to keep them straight. Well, welcome to you. Thank you, and thank you for this opportunity today. Oh, it's great. It's great to have you both. So the way of love, the way it was delivered to us by the presiding bishop, Michael Curry, he rolled this thing out at convention last year in Austin, Texas, at general convention. And he talked about it not as a program that was going to save the church, um, not as something that we needed to follow in sequential order, but it was given to us um, as a rule of life which, as we know, in the Christian tradition goes back centuries and centuries. Um, All of the different uh, strains of the Christian tradition, the monastic strains, have all um, embraced a rule of life in in different kinds of ways. 
the Franciscans and the Ignatians and the Benedictines. And so now we have this opportunity to think about these seven practices as a way that we can, um, through practicing them, get closer to Jesus. I have followed for years, um, I guess, a more of a Benedictine practice or rule of life, which invites me to continue to mark the hours of the day through worship and prayer. But also another hallmark of the Benedictine rule is that even ordinary things are sacred. Because one of the principles of that Benedictine um, rule is in balance, that, that um, it, we're not just being holy when we're in church. Uh, that be, Our whole life can be sacred. So I'm wondering if either of you has a formal rule of life that you follow. Um, I've sort of watered the Benedictine one down quite a bit, where I now have a special rule of life for myself uh, that I just made up, frankly, and committed to paper, so I'm accountable to it. Um, do either of you have a rule that you follow on a regular basis? I do. Um, I try to begin my day with prayer um, and thank God for the day, mm -hmm. each day, before I even get out of bed. Um, and then I try to do a devotion in the morning, and sometimes it's the daily prayer and some the daily order, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's not. I don't have mine as structured maybe as you do, um, but I find that I have to change my rule periodically because I tend to get a little bit bored with it. Oh, so, yeah. yep. Um, but I try to pray all day mm -hmm. um, in whatever. I am happy, whatever I'm doing, I know that Christ is in me and with me in everything that I do. So that sort of keeps me remembering to thank God for what I see in nature, uh, what the next thing is that's going to happen that day, because, and I ask that somehow I can be a blessing to someone during that day. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then in the evening, you know, just my evening prayers. That's wonderful. I, I like the practice of thanking God before you even get out of bed. I, I require a cup of coffee first. <laughs> then I get up. Uh, Mary Grace, how about you? Well, for the Episcopal Home Residents, uh, we continue a practice that probably most personal care homes do not practice, and that is there's prayer at the noon and supper meal. Hmm. Um, the residents are asked to, to pray. There's no prescribed prayer. They say and share uh, what's in their heart. We also have the midweek Holy Eucharist and healing, which is held in the dining room for residents and guests. And again, the largest component is um, the heal for the healing piece, I, I believe Mother Barbara would agree, is... Um, the ability to pray for others mm -hmm. at that time. For myself, I do morning prayer, and then um, not so good at noon in prayer life, and then in the evening I do contemplative prayer, centering, excuse me, centering prayer, mm -hmm. and um, find that I must 
stick to that practice. Um, if I don't, um, I'm not as clearly focused. And uh, I need to, to have that as well as the Eucharist on Sunday. That's great. Thank you. So uh, as you think about the seven practices of turning, learning, uh, worshiping, praying, blessing, going, and resting, are there any of those that come more naturally to you or ones that maybe you avoid at all costs because it's just too darn hard? Um, I think for us as Episcopalians, um, sometimes going can be a more difficult mm. practice for us. The you know we the implied in that is a sense of evangelism, which which sometimes we we call that the E word. <laughs> Not so easy. Um, although it's getting easier for me this year with the Bishop Out of the Box project that we've been doing, the, um, trying to get out into the community and really stretch ourselves in terms of um, taking some risks and experimenting. One of ours was at your church, right? right? Our it living was. nativity. And it was wonderful. Yeah. So I'm getting better at going, but I would say that's the one that I've always resisted the most. Are there any that you find challenging or easy? Well, the one I find challenging is the rest. Mm. I I just have trouble with that, and I know that it's essential. I know that we need to rest and we need to be still because that's how God works in us as well. And if we're not rested, we can't do the others. We mm -hmm. can't right. We can't go because we're too tired. That's right. And um, also, I feel I need to be stretched a little more in the going part. Mm -hmm. um, my day, I, I know where I go normally, mm -hmm. but in my, I am willing to go other places, but do I? So it's, it's kind of a, a stretch. It stretches me to, um, to do that. And I try to keep an open mind about it and hopefully that will, will change some. It, it has changed some in some ways, but, um, you know, it's pretty, my day's pretty routine. And now the Hilltoppers did stretch me. It did stretch say, me big time. So, was, yeah. so maybe I'm not giving myself credit there. Uh, it did stretch me big time. And uh, how that stretched me was that we had never done anything like this at St. Andrews in the Valley before. And I had certainly never led anything like that before. Mm -hmm. um, and we never know what's going to happen on those evenings. So we just have to be able to, that's kind of a challenge, but it's all okay. It's all good. So tell us a little bit um, about the structure of the Hilltoppers program and okay. what you do exactly. We do have a structure and it's a, it's, it's from September to May. It's two Thursday nights a, a month, mm -hmm. the first and the third. And when we arrive, we, w we welcome people as they come in. And the one thing I have learned is that they're not all going to be there on time. And w our volunteers normally are. But um, we we're all hilltoppers. That's, that's really what's so nice about this. We consider us all to be hilltoppers. We're a community. Yes. Uh, but some of the people don't get there until after the time, and it's from 6 to 8. Mm -hmm. We eat. 
we eat a meal together mm-hmm. starting at six. And then after we eat, we have um, music, we sing, and that's really a lot of fun. And then after the singing, we have a biblical uh, story and discussion, and then we do prayer time. Mm -hmm. And during the prayer time, it's really nice because each person is asked what they would like to lift up in prayer. And then that is repeated, and we all say, um, we give thanks to the Lord, and then the next person goes. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. it's just really a very nice way to include everyone. Mm. And then after that, we either do craft, movie, um, have a speaker come in. We've started having some speakers come mm-hmm. in from the community, which has been very interesting. Um, or we do a movie. It, it's We just... We have a schedule. We do a calendar, a schedule. And then in the summertime, we meet once a month, and we do an activity off campus. So it's not at our church. It's at it's either putt-putt golfing, bowling, um, or something like that. And the end of May, we always have a parish-wide um, picnic, and I forgot to mention that this is an ecumenical ministry oh, right. in uh, in coordination with the parish of St. Joseph of the Old Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So um, it is a ministry that we do together, and we are getting ready to uh, go bigger with that. Um, and I'm sending out letters to—I just did it to all the Episcopal churches in the area— and then we're going to open it up to churches within a one-mile radius of mm-hmm. other faith traditions. Well, all Christian or interfaith? Or? Interfaith. Yeah. Interfaith. Great. So, Because um, it sounds like, to me, from I haven't been able to come over yet for a, for a meeting, but it sounds to me that the gospel that you're preaching, if you will, is one of love and inclusion and hospitality. Absolutely. It's not um, necessarily even Christian-centered. No. no. Yeah. It, it, it is faith-based because we do the biblical yeah. piece and discussion. But in the discussion, I really do feel that everyone is open to saying what they feel. Mm-hmm. And that's accepted. That's great. And um, so we, we are accepting of all traditions. And the folks that are coming to be with you, are they um, intellectually, developmentally, physically impaired, all of the above? All of the above. Mm-hmm. We, have, um, we have one person that can't even talk, mm-hmm. but can communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing that we've all learned, it's been a blessing, not just for who the ministry is for. It's been a blessing to be able to have the ministry. It's been a blessing to offer the ministry. It's been a blessing to us to know that we're basically all the same. Mm-hmm. We all have abilities. And that's how I like to look at it. Yeah. Differing abilities. Differing abilities. Not disabilities. Yeah. And we have a prayer, uh, a Hilltopper's prayer, that um, I don't know it by heart, but we say that every time we have adopted the I Have a Dream song by Abba. Oh. And we sing that. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves that song. And we sing that and um, many other songs. And uh, 
we have a we have a book of songs mm-hmm. and they have a picture and the words because not everyone can read sure but they know the picture that they want to go to, to for the song they want to sing so it, it's really nice it's very accessible from the sounds of it yeah. um, and one of the things I'm hearing from you is the emphasis on community and the community that you form, not just of you ministering to these people, but but these folks coming and helping to form a whole new community, you know, a whole new body together, which is actually something I've experienced many times at the Episcopal home, that same sense of, um, I guess in, in the old days we would call it fellowship, but I'm finding that word to have a little too much testosterone for me these days. So now I'm using, trying on a new phrase. I'm calling it kinship, hmm. which really means more blood relation. But I like the idea of forming a community of, of people whom you love. And I think Jesus would call that, or, or the early church theologians would call that the body of Christ, right? in the Christian tradition. Um, Now, I've been at the Episcopal home where we've had community moments where we have cooked together, made many cookies at your place, and eaten many cookies at your place. Uh, What other things do you do to promote that sense of community at the home? Well, there's something um, that we do. um, First of all, I'd I'd just like to say that we have residents that when they enter the door, um, they're basically unconsciously saying, I'm not quite myself. Uh, I need you to, to help me. I need you to lift me up. <laughs> and that takes the entire community. It might be resident to resident in the sense of, of encouraging words. It might be staff to staff, staff to resident. And then we throw in the families and it's quite a mixture, if you, if you look at it, in the sense of how we define community. Mm-hmm. And primarily, the, we have a very slow pace there for a number of reasons. And I think part of that slow pace enables us to be present to each other. And um, very rarely do I hear residents or staff say, oh, well, I don't have time for to go over this with you or to help you with what whatever it is. Um, that's part of the presence, I think, uh, uh, in a small facility. Mm-hmm. Whether that's consciously built as part of community building, um, I'm, I wish I could sit here and say, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works that they're able to be present to each other. We, we do one group in particular where we do um, exercise, some learning, and then a spiritual piece uh, with some meditation. And I, I really wanted to share this story with you, if, if I may. Please. Um, we, we had done the, the exercise and the learning, and then we, the idea with the relaxation meditation piece is that they pick a word. They pick a word that they're going to focus on as I play some music. And this particular day, I had something else planned as far as the music. And they said, no, we, and when I say they, I'm talking about eight 
eight or nine residents. And they said, no, we want the Russian monk piece. <laughs> and and I, I, I said, now, I want to be clear, the Russian monk piece is, is a pretty famous work written by Rachmaninoff, and it's named, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Mm. And one of the residents just grasped that idea and said, oh, you, you must tell us the words. And, you know, with today with technology, that was quite easy. And I started, and by this time, they're all on board together. They want to hear the words. Mm-hmm. And I started, Blessed art thou, my Lord and my God, the water stood above. And then I went through, and I looked at the resident who was asking about the verses. She had her eyes closed, and she grasped her hands and said, Oh, yes, I, I believe that. I believe it. And, and the rest of us sat there looking at each other, realizing that we had just witnessed something rather special. And we, we witnessed her love of God so open, so, and using that E word, if you will. Mm. I mean, so, and that, those are the moments that I, I wish were, um, better captured, but that certainly speaks to community when she felt that safe to express that in front of eight or nine other residents. That's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've been with you uh, one time, I think it was when we brought the staff from the diocesan offices mm-hmm. over for, I think, a Christmas visit. And we went around and everybody drew a card and were asked mm-hmm. a question to respond, kind of an icebreaker game. And then we had a time of prayer and contemplation, which was really just beautiful, um, really lovely. So the, the word that we associated with each of you and your ministries at the Hilltoppers and at the Episcopal Home was blessing. And blessing sounds so sweet, <laughs> but I know that there, there are really big challenges in the work that you do. And so I want to talk about the blessing, but before we do that, I, I want to hear about the challenges, too, and what, what's hard about what you're doing and, and what draws you back day after day to continue. It's funny that you would ask that because... Um, we have several volunteers that are very committed to this ministry. Mm-hmm. But I have heard, and even myself, you know, I, I put a lot of planning into this, and they are right there whenever I need them. And there are different parts to it. We have someone that works in the kitchen the whole time mm-hmm. and takes care of getting everything ready and cleaning up. And I have heard them say, you know, and this myself too, you know, today I was thinking, oh man, I got I'm tired. I got to go to Hilltoppers. But once we get there, mm. and when we're all when we leave, it's like, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that I came mm-hmm. today, because not for what we did or offered for someone else. It's the blessing that they gave back to us. Yes, I think we get far more from it than we give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why the volunteerism has continued to 
to remain and be constant is because we all get something from this. It's a community. It's truly a community. Mm-hmm. And um, so the blessings go around. I mean, it's it's not, we've, we've learned so much about ourselves in doing this. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a nice evening. So. When I preach about the way of love and I get to the, the practice of blessing or bless, one of the things that I try to remember to say is that I think that God has given each of us gifts. And our responsibility really as Christians is to share those gifts for the blessing of the world and for the healing of the nations, as we say in Scripture. Uh, Years ago, I had a ministry, as you know, Kathy, with children with special needs, and we would set up stations of crafts and activities when they came in, and they were mostly kids on the autism spectrum, some nonverbal, and it was always a little frenetic, and and you never knew who needed what or who was kind of cranky that day and needed some extra space. And, and so the activity portion of the, the um, time was unpredictable, right, and a little anxiety-producing for me just because of that. But part of our program was to then have a very informal service of communion of Holy Eucharist seated on the floor in the church around a overturned apple crate for our for our altar and i was always always amazed at how every single time after we distributed communion there was this, just this sense of peace and and stillness that came over the group and these were the same 10 or 12 kids that half an hour earlier had been <laughs> running around and, you know, loud and, and uncontained. And yet there was something about just the beauty and the peace of that service that was such a blessing to all of us. And that's when we had that sense of formed community in Christ. It was just it was I th- great. I think that that is how we feel, too, after the worship and prayer yeah. time that we yeah. have. And... Um, we don't know how the evening is going to go exactly. Right. We think we do, but we don't. And we don't know who may walk in the door new. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are distractions, um, but we just roll with them. We just go with it, and it ends up being okay. That's great. I mean, that's part of the challenge and the blessing, right? Mm-hmm. How about at the home? What what would you say is the challenge for you, Mary Grace, as administrator? I think the challenge is that it, it's we live in a world that's regulated and the interpretation of the regulations, and then we have insurance that's very happy to tell us what we can and cannot do, and yet we're in someone's home. Mm. We're saying to the residents, this is your home. Mm. And when you think about it, um, you don't have a regulation that uh, requires half the attention I would in your own home that we, we, we do. And it's basically the administrator's job to have that not be an issue for the residents and somewhat for the staff, mm-hmm. that they still feel that they're being cared for and still at home. 
While keeping them safe. While keeping them safe, yes, thank you. Yeah. And a reasonable definition of safe, if if you will. Mm -hmm. You have you have regulations set by the state that you have to follow, correct? Right. There's I believe there's five hundred and thirty one. I try to block (laughs) it. I try to block it out. Wow. Wow. But that that's the task. That's the task ahead uh, of of my day, and the and if I may, the other piece is um, I can set a schedule for myself when I leave at the end of the day. Now this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, and then when I walk in the next day, it's like mm, no, this requires attention. This person mm-hmm. needs help, and um, my schedule is out the window. Right. And to be able to be flexible to to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you were to name um, overall what you would say is the blessing you receive at the home as somebody who's there every day, how could you put your finger on that? I think the blessing is when it works. Yeah. <laughs> when it works, mm-hmm. when residents do feel like they're at home. It's a blessing for them, and it's a blessing, blessing for the staff and for myself. That's great. Well, one of the questions we've been asking everybody towards the end of our interviews is um, sort of a playful question, but I mean it in earnest, and that is if Jesus were to show up right now in, in our little recording studio, is there something that you'd like to ask him or tell him? Um, either for yourself or related to the ministry that that you're here to talk about today? I think I would, first of all, thank him for the ministry that we have of Hilltoppers and each individual that is sent to us every week. And the way we learn from each other, it's just, we are really like a family, yeah. and that's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, um, I know we can't take on too, too many people, but to help us to grow, you know, help us reach individuals who really need a program like this, who don't have any other outlet during the week. And it's not just for those with special needs, it's their caregivers as well. Mm-hmm. It gives them a break. It, it breaks up the monotony of their week, they, you know, the routine of their week. It gives them something special to look forward to that they don't have to lift a finger to do uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. So I would just thank Jesus and ask for the people who really need it to be sent to us. Yeah, great. How about you, Mary Grace, if you bumped into Jesus in the hallway? I think I would say something like um, we're trying to be compassionate as much as we can. We can't do everything, but we're doing something. And it requires prayer, prayer, prayer. 
is what I, I believe I would say. If I could talk, I would say that. <laughs> if you weren't dumbstruck? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I'd probably be dumbstruck if Jesus walked in here right now, especially in Holy Week. That's right. <laughs> well, let me close us with a prayer that comes from the Intercessions for the Way of Love, and this is the petition that goes along with the practice of blessing. Lord, you came not to be served, but to serve. Empower us to bless one another and our neighbors in our diocese, that your spirit of generosity, compassion, and selfless action transform us and the people in our midst. We pray, Jesus, guide us in your way, the way of love. Amen. Amen. Amen.